another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Quiet! Here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, and this is episode 13 of the podcast for August 2015. Now, first off, I just want to say thank you all for supporting the podcast. I can't believe that it's almost, that's pretty much been more than a year since I started the podcast, which, I mean, I started it off as just for fun and just to see what happens. And um, the response I've been getting uh, with the podcast has been great. So again, I just want to say thank you all uh, to the listeners for listening to the show and, um, and hope you'll listen to many more episodes in the months to come. Uh, next month on the show, I'm going to be chatting to uh, Matthew Dow Smith, who uh, wrote the third volume of the Dark Crystal Creation Myths. So, um, and and that episode will actually be out a little bit earlier than usual compared to my end of month episodes. The episode will be out uh, around around early to to mid September. So, what the plan is is I'm going to release the show at least a week after the book is launched um, because we'll probably get into like uh, talking about the book and you know have some spoilers and stuff. So, I thought. You know, to bring it out as soon as possible, but without you know wanting to spoil anything about what we talk about in the um, in the upcoming interview. So um, yeah, so uh, just stay tuned for that one. Um, and also, I just want to make mention about the documentary I've been working on with Jamie Prater called "The Great Conjunction: The Legacy of the Dark Crystal." Um, recently, we launched a uh, trailer, a conceptual trailer for the documentary. And the response has been great, and we just want to say thank you to everyone who watched it, and um, and and went on to uh, like the Facebook page, uh, which you can find that on facebook.com forward slash dark crystal doc. We're hoping to launch a um, an Indiegogo campaign for it uh, very soon. So um, if you want to know when it's going to be launched, uh, just keep your eyes peeled on the uh, dark crystal doc uh, Facebook page as well as trial by stone as well so for this month i got bland garrett on the show and basically he was um one of the first people to sort of start up the fan sites in the early age the early days of the internet um he created a um habab habibabab i uh, it's hard to pronounce that one um he started up uh, a, uh, a dark crystal fan site and i just wanted to just chat to him about that and, and his passion for the dark crystal so without further ado Let's go to the Podling Village and chat to Bland Garrett about his fan site and his passion for the Dark Crystal. Uh, so, th- so Bland, I just want to say thank you for uh, being on the show. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to be here. Happy to record. Oh, th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess um, a lot of people know you online as um, Harvard Ab. And um, I, from your um, uh, a fan website that you uh, created, you know, a, a while ago, and I guess I might just start off by just wanting to know, you know, as a fan, as a Dark Crystal fan, how did you discover the Dark Crystal? Well, I um, was born in '76. I'm 39, so I kind of grew up in that 
era where I had, you know, all the eighties and I, I feel that that was like the greatest time for movies, um, especially like the early to mid eighties. You have just, it's, it's what I like to call that movie magic era where the special effects were still getting worked out and still being created and you didn't have the full CGI like they do now. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the 80s, yeah, especially the early 80s was just, I think it was just a unique sort of era of filmmaking sort of at a stage, yeah, like you mentioned that, you know, we're not up to CGI yet, but they're still doing, you know, the practical effects are still, you know, pretty, you know, almost ahead of its time in a way. Right, right. I mean, you've got a lot of, just a lot of, just creativity. I mean, they're basically inventing everything, which is what Jim Henson and the creature shop did for the dark crystal. I mean, they weren't even the creature shop yet. It was like the first film that actually started the creature shop. So it was just, they were just inventing everything. And I, and I actually grew up with all kinds of um, VHSs with like the movie magic VHSs that would kind of show you how they did all those special effects and like all the Indiana Jones and Star Wars and things like that. So I was always like really interested in that. And I can remember actually being in school and having a classmate at having the Dark Crystal Lunchbox. And I was just fascinated by all the images on it. And I can remember actually um, maybe seeing the trailer on TV and I, I can actually remember myself asking my mom if she would take me to go see the movie. And she said no. <laughs> and I don't think it was any kind of a, a like she was against the movie. Like she probably just didn't know anything about it. But as a kid and having your parent take you to a movie, she would probably have wanted to see it. And she probably had no interest in it. So it was just that kind of thing. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about like with all these um the trailers for the Dark Crystal because um I, I I read a, I don't know if you read of this um biography on Jim Henson but I think that it was there with that book or there was some quote that basically the Dark Crystal was sort of the most viewed trailer because in '82 because it was um attached to um ET um when that was out in the cinemas. Oh okay. Yeah yeah, which I thought was kind of interesting that yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the yeah, magazines yeah. that I've collected mm. have um, that have Dark Crystal articles. ET was out at the same time, so there's a lot of ET articles in those magazines. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, so I guess you, yeah, you grew up like with watching, seeing the film. Uh, so did did you watch you watch in, in the cinemas when it when it came out, right? Or well, I actually I actually didn't. I was so interested in it, and I never got a chance to see it. But my grand my grandparents they. Um, they would always record things off of TV and they had HBO. And so they would record things for the kids to watch when they would, when my grandparents would watch us or babysit us, then they'd have something for us to watch. So they had HBO and HBO, you know, known for Fraggle Rock and anything hence back then, they were showing the Dark Crystal and my grandparents recorded it and I watched it at their house. And later on, I actually borrowed the vhs from them yeah and never gave it back <laughs> and i kept it and it was kind of weird because the copy was so dark like when the when it finally came out and was released on dvd just the clarity in the picture quality was just amazing to see for me 
And then I did have a chance to see it on the big screen. Um, my freshman year in college, there was a local theater in the town that I was in that showed it. And I was told all my friends were going. Yeah. <laughs> and we did. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the thing, like, I guess, you know, generation of, of the fans that the first generation, you know, seen in the cinema in 82, the second generation w- watched it, you know, on VHS and I'm sort of in a way part of that second generation, you know, watched it on a VHS that was, you know, recorded from a TV and whatnot. Right, right. Um, and, and yeah, like um, talking about like how the video was like really dark and like one of the um, shots that sort of come to my mind is when Jen is entering that cave and, you know, about to walk into um, Olga's observatory and how that whole like 10 or 20 seconds is just nothing but black. Right, you don't even <laughs> see the doorway. No. And- <laughs> that early TV version but then like the, as soon as the dvd came out it's like even in the in the crystal in the castle when the skexies are going through the hallways uh, it's like so dark on my vhs copy but then the dvd it's so clear and even the blu-ray was like whoa yeah yeah i mean it's really amazed yeah yeah de- definitely yeah yeah like I, I think when i watched it on the blu-ray you know a couple of years ago um yeah it's just um yeah it just holds up really well um it does yeah so no which is um yeah pretty cool um and so i guess uh, from that you you sort of got into um collecting um the merchandise from the dark crystal so well the collecting actually didn't start until after high school when i was um when i got my first computer and had the internet and was living on my own in my own apartment had my own income and, you know, had, I wouldn't say disposable income, but I had income. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, there was eBay. And I was one of those early eBay collectors that started out, um, say, late 90s, um, around 2000. And, you know, there were quite a few of us. Um, Not very many, but there was a lot of merchandise that was showing up that was kind of rare back then. Whereas now it's... the rarities kind of are a few and far between now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I do occasionally just like check on the eBay for any dark crystal merch, you know, just if something just happens, happens to pop up, but yeah, they're sort of, yeah, far and few in between. Um, so what was well, back yeah, then? Yeah. Back then I, that was one of the things that I did in my, in my online routine would, I, you know, check the email, check the eBay listings and I would do that twice a day. So I would catch all kinds of things and, and I spent quite a few, uh, quite a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what, what happened to be your first kind of piece of um, dark crystal merchandise that you, um, well, the first thing I had was the lunchbox. The lunchbox. Um, yeah. I actually yes. got that, um, from a, from a friend of mine, um, who knew I was a fan and he said, Hey, if you can get me another lunchbox, I'll let you have this dark crystal one. And I traded him a plastic ALF lunchbox for the dark <laughs> crystal lunchbox. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first thing. And I didn't have the thermos. I actually got the thermos later. There's a little bit of a horror story to my thermos. Um, I never opened nope. it. No, and I had it for over ten years, oh, and okay, yeah. apparently, it was stored um, with the lid off, uh, and yeah. um, something had babies in there, and I didn't discover it until oh, over yeah. a decade later. Yeah, <laughs> eep. <laughs> oh, a little uh, surprise down there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You just never know. <laughs> um, yeah, and so. 
so you know from from getting into the collecting um i guess you you were i guess one of the very first to set up like i guess one of the like a fans the fan sites um you know for the dark crystal um how how that came about about how you um decided to pursue that well i was you know back then i had america online aol and I just didn't know anything about building a web page or doing anything like that. And I was new to the Internet. And I, I found that there wasn't very many online resources for the Dark Crystal. Yeah. And there, there actually were um, quite a few fan sites that were already up. Yeah. Um, but it was more of like a personal, like a few things here and there. Um, lots of like news and merchandise that was kind of coming out at the time. And there actually wasn't much merchandise coming out when I when I was actually starting out in like late 90s. Yeah. Um, as far as new merchandise for the Dark Crystal goes. And I just built a small little fan page of my own on AOL that didn't really have much to on it just this is my favorite movie and this is what i like about it kind of yeah yeah and when i started collecting it was you know the same time i was collecting all this merchandise off of ebay and i was finding out all this extra information about the background story and about the whole world and the development of the world and how intricate it all was like it had this whole prequel that I didn't even know about. Um, one of the things in the film that's kind of confusing to people is um, that the crystal cracked and then they split apart into the, um, you know, the Uru and the Skeksis. Yes, yeah. But what actually happened was the Urskex, when they tried to purify themselves by traveling through the beam of light, through the crystal into the reflector mm. below the crystal, yes, yeah. which is what the, what the Skek tech, the scientist uses to drain the essence. Mm-hmm. And in trying to purify themselves, they were actually rejected from their home world yes, and yeah. traveled to Thra. And so to purify themselves, they traveled down into the reflector and happened to separate the good from the evil yeah, and the Skeksis being evil and strong, they actually took over the castle. Whereas in the film, it kind of seems like it happens when the crystal cracks, but the Skeksis ca- cracked the crystal yeah, did, yeah. so that they couldn't go back together. No, no. So that's one of the, one of the things that I kind of like to point out to people. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. Just the whole, I guess, you know, that we have this film, the dark crystal, but there is such a huge amount of history um, behind it that, you know, that you don't get in the film, but um, but I guess what's actually been great is um, some of that story has been uh, uh, been told in the um, in the creation myths um, graphic novel series. So um, exactly, yeah. and and I actually have those, and yes. I haven't read them. Oh, okay, and yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I, for one, I haven't really had much time, but for for the other, I'm kind of so like set on the canon of the film yeah. that all this new stuff, I'm like. I hope they get it right, and yeah. I haven't read it yet. So yeah, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I will get around to, to reading all of that, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, definitely give it a read if you get the chance. I mean, like with volume three, um, you know, it's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time, so that's uh, it's actually kind of exciting because it's sort of like there was such a big delay between the the release from volume two to volume three. Right. I can kind of binge them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> do all three at the same time. Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just do a big, um, yeah, just 
do it all in one go if you wanted to, yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, with the third volume, um, yeah, it really tells um, the whole story, um, which is great. And um, I know um, next month um, on the show I'm going to be interviewing um, uh, Matthew Dow-Smith, who, uh, who wrote the third volume, and um, sort of talk about a little bit about third volume and, and all that kind of jazz. So, um, yeah, a lot to look forward to, I think. Um, and, yeah, and, and I guess, like, um, with the film itself, um, do... do was, do you have like a favorite character or um, that sort of? Um, well, I kind of, I kind of thought about this, and I would have to say that Kira is probably my favorite out of out of everything. Like, I really like Agra. She has a lot of great quotes, and I really like her character. Like, she is of the race of Agra, but she's the only one because she was actually born from the world to witness basically everything that's going on. Um, somehow the world knew that the Erskex were coming and that all of this was going to happen. And that, and so she's, she's kind of like the voice and the, the sight for the world itself. Um, so I really like her, but then Kira, she's got her wings. She um, can talk to the animals um, and the creatures, you know, she has, she actually sacrifices herself yeah. in order to, to get the shard to Jen so that he can heal the crystal. And I, that is probably one of my favorite moments yeah. is not actually the healing of Kira, but actually her sacrifice sacrificing herself. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's always been a bit of a debate. Um, I think with, with the film is whether, uh, Kira is really the hero Should of the been. dark crystal. <laughs> right, right, right. But then when you think about the matrix too, in that last film, it's like, was Neo the one or was the kid that shot the gate open? Was he the one? Yeah. Or was this a, you know, there's so many ones yeah. in that last matrix film. Oh, yes, it's like, yeah. well, and, but then there's the prophecy that, well, the, the prophecy doesn't really say that there's only one Gelfling, but no, I mean, well, was Son of Dun Undone, Shelby Hole, the two made the one. The two made one. By Gelfling Hunter, or else by none. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's the question of whether the Uru knew that Kira was still around. Um, did the Podlings, did they know of the prophecy? Is yeah. that why they are taking care of Kira? And like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to think, like, um, how that would have came about if they would have. Because I, I think the Podlings did have some communication with the, with the Gelflings. So you think they would have heard something about on the grapevine? <laughs> um, yeah, right. Because there was that whole um, communal dream fasting on the hillside. Yes, yeah, and they had the prophecy. Yeah, so it, it makes you wonder. <laughs> it does, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, of of background questions, like whether whether you know Kira says, "Well, of course not. You're a boy," because you know Jen doesn't have wings. Well does he not have wings because he's a boy and hasn't matured into a, an adult Gelfling? Because, you know, the ruins show male Gelflings with wings. Yeah, yeah. So, but then also the cracking of the crystal darkened the world. And it so did, everything yeah. kind of evolved and shifted and you got all these like strange kind of evil type creatures within the world too. So did they, did the cracking of the crystal devolve the male Gelfling wings? 
There's a lot of weird it, it questions. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very interesting, but yeah, I mean, I think you you're pretty much spot on, yeah, about how the cracking of the crystal really um it it really changed things around um um a little bit for the you know for the worse essentially. But and, and just, Jen actually yeah. sees Jen actually sees that in the shard. He gets that image of the Skeksy cracking the crystal. Not a you know, um, I guess to get back to the development of the website, um, I had also read the novel. And the novel gives you a lot of um, background and kind of points out things that you don't really notice um, in the film. Like um, you have the Gartha master and the Chamberlain, and then you also have the ritual master, who's also another one of my favorite characters. I like how the ritual master, it's, it's those three, that, that trilogy, and then they have their two little minions. So you've got the group, the three groups of three. There's a lot of threes in the film. Yeah, there um, is. Yeah, yeah. But the the ritual master, I mean, he has power of his own. He he's in charge of all the ceremonies. He he doesn't really need to be the emperor. So he kind of backs off and you kind of see those three kind of, oh, we need a new emperor. And then he's like, oh, the Gartha master and the Chamberlain, and they're going to fight. I'm going to step down and let them do their thing. Um but but yeah to get back to the novel there's all this background information and i was and then i finally got a copy of the world of the dark crystal and this was you know several years before it was reprinted and just that book alone i was just amazed like all the brian froud artwork i had already i already had fairies and had already been a an alan lee and brian froud fan for years and the dark crystal and labyrinth and all of that. And just to get that book, it was just amazing. And then it had all of that prequel yeah, dude, and yeah. all of that background information. And then I had all these magazines that I was collecting and they had all, all these magazine articles that had just all kinds of information. And I was like, well, people need this information and, and I'm a fan and I want to collect it all. And I'm interested in this building a web page. So that's what I did. I, I had a friend who worked for a web hosting company at the time. And for my birthday, he said, I'm going to set you up with your own domain. And he actually, I had already been going by Habitabad online um, just as my little online name that I was using. Yes, yeah. So he actually gave me the domain of Habitabad.com. And so I stuck with it. And the whole there was a magazine article that I had read where they had pointed out that Agro was originally supposed to be male and that her name was going to be a bit of bad. That's how I've always pronounced it. And then another article um, had it as a bit of bat. Well, in the collector's DVD that came out that had the, um, the replica of Jim Henson's legal pad with all the notes that he took on the Dark Crystal – actually shows in there Habitabat as Augur's original name. So I thought, okay, there's the proof. But I had already had the webpage up and running for for a while there. And the world of the Dark Crystal is is considered to be the song of Augra. And I thought, well, that's her song. This internet webpage will be the book. So that's where the book of Habitabat came. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. So I just stuck with it. Yeah, and it's awesome. Like, um, yeah, it was a great. It's it's it was a great, it's a great website. You know, just having all that information about the dark crystal and 
and you know, and, and you had some interviews as well, um, which was yeah, pretty cool to really. Well, I had the one with Toby. with Toby, yes. Uh, but to- Toby Philpot was actually um, one of the was the first one that I got in touch with, and our interview. This was before Skype. This oh was, yes, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and to make an international call or anything like that, we did the whole interview over email. Yeah. Um, and then the web, the web page, I kind of designed it in a way like I didn't know anything about building a web page. And my friend, he also gave me a um, front page. He said, here's front page. It'll do all the HTML for you. You just kind of have to use it like Photoshop or Word or whatever. And here's how you save it to the server and here's how you build the page. And I thought, well, the film came out in the early eighties. I'm going to make this web page kind of look a little basic. So yes. that's why yeah. there's no frames. No. I just have, you know, the, an index on the top and the bottom and you, you, you kind of basically go straight through the page. You can hit the back button if you want. There's always a links on the bottom. I, I tried to make it as simplistic as possible just to kind of go with the era Yes, the, yeah. the time the, the time frame that the film came out. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and plus I didn't have to deal with frames and trying to get it all fancy. And now everything's flash and Yeah. And, and all fancy. that. And I haven't touched it in a while. Yeah. Um So so do you still are do you still own the domain name or is that um Actually, that's one of the issues that I have right now. Um, I actually bought a house about five years ago. And just the way my friend had the the hosting set up for the website was that I wasn't billed. And so after he stopped working for them and then they eventually reformatted their entire company and all their servers and everything. And then they noticed, hey we need to set you back up on a pay system. And so I actually paid for the domain and the, and the service for a while. And then it, it got to where I couldn't pay for the web hosting, but I still had the domain. And then eventually I let the domain lapse and forgot about it. Oh, okay, didn't yeah. renew it. Yeah. And I ended up losing it. And I, who would, who would have thought that someone would have wanted habitabad.com? Yeah. <laughs> So what I found out it happened was a an adult film site, uh, adult site, yeah, affiliate, yeah. What they did was um, they actually look for fan sites that get a little bit of traffic, and when the domain comes available, they purchase those and reset them up with links on the bottom. So the page is up; it's there in its entirety. If you actually go to habitabad.com, the index page that it directs you to is actually the one that I had started up for the power of the dark crystal. Mm. But if you go to habitabad.com um, slash main underscore index dot yeah. htm, then you can actually go to the original site. Yeah. There's no yeah. adult links on there. Yeah. <laughs> But I have not been able to update it or do anything with it. But it's still there. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, there. it's sort of like a great, um, you know, a bit like a time capsule, I guess, you know. Um, yeah, for fans that yeah, interested in, you know, just sort of, you know, seeing sort of the very first kind of, yeah, for the fan sites um, with the Dark Crystal happened to be one of them. Um, yeah, which is, you know, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I really like it. And I think, um, yeah, I'd... I, I, 
yeah, recommend you for fans to, to check it out and all that. And well, um, thank you. Yeah, and um, I guess I guess it was sort of at that time as well that you sort of talked about the um, the power of the uh, dark crystal. Um, what, what was sort of you know your thoughts when you know it was sort of at the time it, it, when it was announced that there was um, you know plans f- for a sequel to happen? I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was actually thinking. Um, I was in touch with um, the Froud's PR person at Imaginosis. I think was the name of the company back then. I'm not sure if they're still with them or not. But I had um, been in touch with him, and he um, had at one time, you know, asked me. You know, they're they're wanting to bring back the hype of the dark crystal and, and maybe come out with some new products and maybe some new books. Um, they, I think they'd even mentioned maybe doing the, uh, some sort of a comic series of some sort. Um, but they were, they were thinking of, of new merchandising for the film and, and they, they asked for my input. And I said that if they were going to do another film, that it should actually be a prequel because the prequel has already been written. It's all there it's it's the whole background story it it would answer a lot of questions but then they could eventually do a sequel um i know that jim expressed that i i think he expressed that he didn't really want a sequel to the film yeah yeah it was always interesting about about that whether he actually wanted a sequel or not because you know yeah the, i think whether it was based on interviews that that he didn't want he was didn't really express it much and i think gary kurtz um, there was an interview, I think, with him uh, several years ago, and he said, "No, I don't think Jim, you know, wanted to do a sequel that sort of had a beginning, middle, and end. You know, it's just the one film, essentially." Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and and then and then and then I think there was an article from Shane a- Abus, um, who was at one point involved on working on the sequel, but. Um, but then he said that he left because um, he didn't like sort of the direction that they were going or that they weren't using, um, uh, you know, Jim Henson's notes on what he wanted to do with the sequel. So, yeah, it, it is kind of a little bit confusing about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I kind of I kind of have mixed feelings on it. Like, I, I totally am anything that the Henson company wants to do as far as Dark Crystal goes, I'm 100% for. Yeah. Like, please, same. please, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah. but as as you know, I still like to work on it. Like that that's one of my things is to to be I went to the youth performing arts school and well even before that I had done puppetry and uh, then went on to was in the the youth performing arts school as an acting major and was a performer and wanted to we did this really large puppet production of Alice in Wonderland and I wanted to pursue a career in puppetry and um, just to to even work on anything associated with the Hensons or the Dark Crystal would have been amazing. And I can remember emailing every single contact that I knew and was like, as soon as they announced the sequel yeah, and was like, how do I get on board? What can I do? Yeah. And, well, they're probably going to film in Europe. Well, okay. How do I get there? <laughs> when, do, when do you want me? <laughs> yeah. I, I was sort of the same thing when, um, when they announced that they were going to film like in, in Sydney, Australia. So I think there was at least one point where I did like email them or I think even wrote a letter to them, to the, uh, 
the production company as well. You know, here's my resume. Mm. <laughs> exactly. And at the time, I was I was with a local puppetry troupe in my area, and I had an online resume and everything. And I was like, here it is. Look at it. What do you want me to do? And I think Mike. Mike Quinn might have even given me advice on on what they might have been looking for and and how to put the resume together, I think. And I yeah, it it just seemed like all of a sudden it just kind of died down and there was no news or updates. And then after I had had stopped um paying for the hosting on the site and it didn't have the domain anymore. That's when they had launched the Facebook page and then they had all the, the contests and, and all that started coming out and, and then your podcast and now this documentary, it's like everything just boom, just exploded out of nowhere. And it was kind of like what they had been talking about in the early two thousands when Brian had had Brian Froud had said, was reaching out for what kind of direction dark crystal merchandising and production should go. And it's like, all that's like coming about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just sort of an interesting time. Yeah. Especially, um, yeah. When, um, I think it was in 2013 that the Jim Henson company launched that, um, darkcrystal.com website, and yeah, started doing, you know, quite a few contests from, yeah, the, um, the author quest, um, which I think the novel from JM Lee is, um, due to be released sometime next year. And, um, and other contests like, um, it was a creating a t-shirt and, um, uh, the creature, create a creature. So, um, right. Um, yeah. So it's like, it was, it was pretty good. And I, I actually always thought that, um, that the reason that the website actually exists is if they're actually like using it to try and like, um, to, you know, to, to potentially make, you know, future like dark crystal films or whatever, but using that as, you know, sort of a resource or, you know, showing whether it's like, you know, di- you know, film distributions or other companies, you know, to say, Hey, you know, this is our website, you know, check it out. You know, that there is a fan base out there for this film. Um, um, yeah. It's that is sort of one of the things I sort of thought about. Yeah, you know, as another reason that the the website exists. Um, and I know they're supposed to, so supposedly going to have like a fan film uh, competition uh, coming out, but right, right. there just hasn't been any updates for it since um, almost a year and a bit. Um, I think since I've reported about it on the first episode of the um, Trial by Stone podcast. Um, yeah, it might have been episode two, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks like I haven't updated the last time i updated the website was in august of 2007 yeah and i had there was a couple of things that i had actually were going to put together for the website i was going to do some more interviews um and and back then it was before smartphones like i didn't have a digital camera no any picture that i had to take for the website i had to pull i had to borrow my friend's camera and take pictures I, I didn't have I didn't have a scanner at the time, and it's it's technology has even exploded since I was working on the website. So now my phone has a better camera on it than the digital camera I was using back then. I was gonna I was gonna have all my merchandise photographed and and have like a merchandise archive 
Um, I wanted to scan all of my magazine articles and have like a magazine resource. Um, there's actually three versions of the Dark Crystal video game. There's the um, the Apple II E version, which um, you have the Dark Crystal and then you have the Gelfling Adventure. And the Dark Crystal is like a true text-based adventure, like a classic Roberta Williams. Yeah. Which in itself is 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 just great. Like yeah. the Dark Crystal video game was done by Roberta Williams. Like yeah. it's a CDR adventure. <laughs> yeah. And I like I, I love classic video games. Um but then you also have the Gelfling adventure, which is like a younger version where you could you had multiple choice. So they would give you three choices. Uh, okay, so it yeah. was a little easier to to kind of go through the game. And I had actually taken screen grabs of all the screens from that video game and was piecing together links on all the choices so that uh, you could yes, actually yeah. play the play game the online. Game, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then they've already redone the video game in a Flash version with updated graphics on the Dark Crystal website. Dot com, yeah. That the Henson <laughs> yeah, put up. yeah. So, I mean, it would be nice to have all those classic um, graphics up. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, that was another thing that I was going to put together. And then, you know, adult life kind of took over at least it's still up there and i'm not having to pay to host it and it's not like and those links are only on the bottom of that one front page so it's not really doing that much harm no 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 but but then as far as like i'm actually looking at the website now and it's it's kind of funny how this was all when the 25th anniversary soundtrack was released and everything in 2007 um but all the pictures that I used, most of the pictures that I used on the website were all images. I didn't want to, I didn't want to take any images from the film itself. I wanted to just use – they were all from magazines and books and, and merchandise that I had collected where it was like an actual – you could tell that it was a setup photograph for the film. So like a lot of them are just like you can actually tell that the puppets were set up and posed and the photo was taken and a lot and it's kind of weird you can kind of see the stiffness to it like there's no actual puppeteer within action there. Yeah, I mean it's um yeah, it's just really cool like um yeah, with your work on on the website um and um yeah, I mean, I, I just hope, yeah, just certainly hope that, um, yeah, you know, that there'll be more things to come with the, um, yeah, with the future of the Dark Crystal. Right. I mean, even the Facebook, the Facebook page alone is just all of the contributors to the Facebook page. Like, I'm just amazed by everything that, like, John, some of the things that he posts and. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's just yeah, and Laszlo some and, of the yeah. research and Laszlo. I mean, I knew Laszlo back when I was developing the web page and he was one of the, yeah. the early eBay collectors as well. And yes, I, yeah. I can remember that that's how we got in touch was, you know, through eBay collecting and cause it, and, and I, I want to give a shout out to, there's an Andy Schiller out there and he is not on the Facebook page and nobody has really been in contact with him. And he was a, another one of those like back then in, around that time when I was developing the page and and getting in touch with what what community was out there at the time like back then the own the main message board for Dark Crystal when I first was on the internet was the Brian Froud um 
the fraud website forum was the was the number one community for dark crystal stuff back then and then it it it, it and it just nowadays it's just with the facebook page and with uh, the the actual henson facebook page the fan page it's just the way it's exploded and with the dark crystal event that they had and all these contests and the comics all the new merchandise coming out it's just i'm I'm just kind of blown away by how much it's it's exploded within just these past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, I guess how how did the um the Dark Crystal kind of inspired you in a way, whether it's you know, I guess you know for work or, or you know and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I actually work in a costume company now. I'm an embellishment artist, and um, we actually uh, specifically do Elvis tribute artists um costumes so i do i I mainly do stud work for elvis jumpsuits and a lot of times with the work that i do um it's 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 really intricate and then i have all the crafts and the hobbies that i do just in my own spare time like i'm a i'm also a macrame artist and i get into a lot of classic arts like string art and um i do a lot of perler fuse beads with um eight bit artwork and um uh, just and then and then in being in puppetry like um just working in a workshop you've got for me puppetry encapsulates a multitude of art forms you've got sculpting you've got acting you've got dance within your body movements um stage production film puppetry expands all over the place and just that incorporation of all these different art forms i mean that kind of sums me up um i'm i was a ballroom dancer i macrame crochet uh puppetry dance acting i mean I, guess, I I call myself a craft of all trades instead of a jack of all trades, but um, just the dark crystal in itself. I can remember before I even recognized that I was this huge fan, people would come up to me and be like, oh yeah, that, that film that you like, the dark crystal. And I'd be like, do I talk about that movie a lot? And, <laughs> and apparently <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. And I couldn't shut up about it. As soon as I got the world of the dark crystal book, I'm sure I got on people's nerves. I was just every, every party I attended was like, Oh, did you know that there's all this background story to the dark crystal? And, and I would have like groups of people around me and yeah. just like would have these big, like storytelling moments. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's hard to put my finger on it because there's so much to that film that just amazes and, and, I'm kind of a it's like Jim Henson had this bright side to him that was just shine and glowed and he had Sesame Street and Salmon Friends and the Muppet Show and just and even I mean the Muppet Show I'm I'm glad that they're bringing it back and I really I'm 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 glad that they're doing the format that they're doing and that they're not trying to recreate what they did back in the 70s because vaudeville is is 
is a lost art form. Um, and that's that whole, that's kind of basically what the Muppet show was, was they had their stage show and they had the, it was a variety of all those different people. And now it's like a reality show. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think it's kind of good to, yeah. For them to sort of go in a bit of a different direction because it's like, you know, people, you know, love this, you know, you know, people are getting introduced to the Muppets for the first time through this TV show. They can always go back and discover these other, you know, um, different, you know, I can of- remember watch growing up watching the Muppets um, Sunday night, you know, every week. And, and I loved it. I loved the Muppets. I was a huge Muppet fan. Fraggle Rock. I, I grew up with HBO, loved Fraggle Rock. I have them all on DVD now. I just love all of that old Henson stuff. But he had this huge bright side to him. And it was just this, this sh- glow that he had. And but then he never got to express this like kind of darker side that he that he wanted to express. And they kind of wouldn't let him. They were like, you need to do the Muppet movie first and, and the sequel. And and the whole time he's like, but I want to do this Dark Crystal movie and I want to create this this darker world that inspired by Brian Froud and. Yeah, and based on the like the old fashioned you know, like the Grimm story fairy tales, you know that it's right. okay to be afraid and you know have those kind of scary moments um, in that kind of yeah that fairy tale um, element. Yeah, I mean I like that that darker side. There's it's it's not everything not everything in real life is all happiness and and I mean they they touch on some really heavy stuff on Sesame street too. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not all like sunshines and rainbows and smiles, but, um, just that, that whole world and how he tried to create this whole world and the realism of it and the darkness of it and how it was all broken and twisted. And, and I think, yeah, I guess like, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, this year has yeah, been, you know, 25 years since um, the passing of Jim Henson and sort of, you know, his presence is still felt to this day. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and I, I, I love the, that darker side. And they, they've kept to that, too, like with Mirror Mask. Um, I really liked Mirror Mask. And um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm really hoping they do a lot more with Froud. Um, I hope they do. I hope they do a lot more just in general. Um, I want to see more Henson company. I, I grew up with them. Um, like even, even labyrinth being another Brian Froud film. Um, I I loved that. I, I, I can't remember if I actually saw it in the theater as a kid, but I can remember watching it on VHS over and over again. That and the, the dark crystal as well. It's just, that was always the film that I gravitated to. And I'm sure I wore that VHS out. I can remember my, my younger brother growing up, he knew that I liked that film so much that he took the VHS back to my grandparents' house just, just to be mean, just because he knew that I watched it, you know, every other day or at least twice a week. And it's kind of weird. I haven't, Oh, I have a confession. I haven't watched The Dark Crystal in probably three or four years. Uh, so have you watched it on the Blu-ray, just out of curiosity? 
Well, yeah, I did actually watch. You have watched Blu-ray, Blu-ray. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's just been a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I've actually really been surprised myself. Like, um, uh, like where I live in Melbourne, um, like in Victoria, Australia, that um, there has been so. There's actually been so many screenings of the Dark Crystal happening. Like, in whether it's like small independent cinemas or and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've been. I, really, I wish they yeah. would do that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause See, I, and I can't travel. I, yeah. I I don't have the funds to travel and go travel, to Comic Cons yeah. yeah. and and this and that. I'm I'm hoping. Um, I know that Toby Philpot is going to be at um, a con close to me, um, just a couple hours away, and I'm hoping to maybe to go to that because um, I've I've never actually met Toby Philpot. Um, he um, he was just a just great. Um, I, I considered him a, a, a friend. Yeah, because yeah. he he was the one that reached out to me and was like, you know, I I love the fact that you're doing all this for the Dark Crystal and that you're this fan, and I want you know whatever I can do to help you out, let me know. Yeah. And I was also a huge Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt was my favorite character from the Star Wars series. Yeah, a huge Jabba the Hutt fan, and I have. I have a bunch of Job of the Hut stuff over here as well. I don't know if you can see the Dark Crystal stuff back here, but yeah, 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 yeah. I've got Job of the Huts all over here, and I was like, "Wow, this Toby Philpot, he was in Job of the Hut," and it was just I was a little starstruck for a while. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like especially like when I was um yeah about to do the interview with him um yeah you know about his work on the Dark Crystal for the podcast, and I thought, okay, oh, actually, you know look up you know what other stuff he'd done and he he's he's worked on so many films that you know sort of grew up with um not only just star wars and the dark crystal but uh a labyrinth but um also like films like um who framed roger rabbit right um, like right. that's another like one of my you know favorite um yeah films as a kid um yeah and just so much more and um yeah and and he's such a great guy um and um i i really hope he gets onto um uh, working on his uh, biography i remember he mentioned so talking about working on something along the lines and um yeah yeah I, he's he just has so many stories and um yeah 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 the the podcast your interview that was that was really great I, they had a lot of great stories um that and uh timothy um clark's interview i really liked i actually had a boglin for the longest time and i sold it on ebay Oh, over 10 years ago. And I keep punching myself for doing that at the time. I don't, I don't know why, why I sold that, but, but yeah, just hearing all their little stories from back then and working on the film is just great. Cause, cause up until now, there's only been the world of the dark crystal documentary that they did back then. And there are some interviews, but it's like you don't get all the little background um, interviews. And that's that's what I like about your podcast and this documentary that's coming up. It's Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess like with the documentary, um, yeah, it was it was interesting how that sort of came about. It was just sort of when I started doing the podcast and probably a couple episodes in. Um, yeah, Jamie, he, um, he, he just wanted to chat to me about the Dark Chris. So I'm like, all right, you know, we'll chat over Skype. And just from that, you know, we talked about the Dark Crystal in length and we sort of talked about how there wasn't, you know, a lot of, I guess, uh, documentaries about the film. I mean, yeah, there was that one from the World of Dark Crystal, the 1982 documentary, 
um, you know, which is a great documentary, like no doubt about it. Um, but I think it was just not be kind of cool to really, you know, really go in inside, I guess a little bit of the making of the film, but also I guess with the fans of how, how much of an impact that film has made to a lot of people and to generations. Um, and so from that, when he sort of said, you know, how about we, you know, maybe do a documentary about, you know, about this. I'm like, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that could kind of work. So yeah. Yeah. And, um, just from that, we just sort of just kept chatting every day ideas and, and sort of now recently that we're sort of being, yeah, like picking things up. And, um, I mean, I'll, sorry, I'll just talk about the, um, I know we launched that, the conceptual trailer for, um, the great conjunction. Um, actually I just watched all right, um, yeah. Right before, right before the Skype, I watched it. Um, I had been meaning to, and I, I wanted to catch up. Um, it it looks really nice. I yeah, I love all the how you took the interviews from the podcast and intersected them into the the audio of the documentary, and and that just that with all the image the images of the from the world of the Dark Crystal documentary and and all that background stuff. It's having that put together is just it's really nice oh thank you yeah yeah yeah. i I think yeah i mean uh, that's sort of the thing why i sort of yeah that it's more of a conceptual trailer it's like it's at the moment it's it's more like a pitch trailer because i mean of course um jamie and i we we haven't shot anything yet for 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 the actual documentary so um and that's something that you know we're going to be you know uh starting an an indiegogo crowdfunding campaign um hopefully within a couple of weeks time um to to actually make this documentary uh to happen um but yeah i mean even myself like i've sort of been amazed by um just how many views or you know how many likes that the um uh the facebook page has been getting um i think as of now it's like at least 1200 likes and so i've sort of been blown away but i mean you know you know the credit goes you know to jamie as well who's been working really hard on the um the social media for the for the um great conjunction uh facebook page so um yeah yeah i mean just want to yeah say thanks you know to all the listeners out there and, and even to you for, for watching it um bland i really appreciate it oh no problem like i'm i try to keep up with all the the dark crystals happenings and whatnot i i really would have liked to have participated in, in doing the cost um contests and whatnot but um i just didn't really have the time for it um I I tend to stay busy, but then I don't. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the li- life life yeah, gets in the way. It so does. Yeah, so, yeah, it can. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I guess um, uh, I just want to say yeah. So thank you so much for um, being on the show. Um, how can people find you? Um, well, um, th- one of the problems that I had with losing the domain on the website is that the Twitter is now down. Um. The Twitter account that I had for Habitabad was was basically how I was keeping the website kind of going and keeping in touch with people. Um, and what had happened was my iPad, somehow the app had lost the password and I had recently changed it and forgot it and it ended up locking me out of the account. Well, I didn't have my phone number attached to the account. And the email address that was attached to the account was webmaster at habitabad.com. Well, I don't own the domain anymore. And I was my 
email provider, so to speak, because I own the hosting and the domain. So there's no way for me, Twitter will not let me have access to that account whatsoever. I'd have to get it. I'd have to get the domain back, reset up the email so that I can actually receive an email in order to change the password on the Twitter account. So the Twitter account is, is inactive. There's no way that I can get into it. There's no way that I can update the website. Um, they can go to habitabad.com slash main underscore index dot htm if they want to go to the website. Um, that's the best link. I do have a Twitter page up for it's spelled Habitabat. Um, actually, give me just a second and I'll spell it for you. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll put all these um, details on the show notes so if people can, you know, they can just click on. Um, the links and stuff and, and as well. So, yeah. <laughs> one of the frustrating things is that I actually still get notifications for the Habitabad Twitter account yeah. on my iPad. Yeah. But, but access I can't it, yeah. access it. It'll give me notifications, yeah, uh, but I can't bummer. get into yeah. it. Um, it's H-A-B-E-E-T-A-B-A-T. Yeah. So at Habitabat. Gotcha. And I know that it's confusing spelling and whatnot. I should have picked a better name for the website and all that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's the Twitter account that I have. But nobody's following it. Uh, it's not really active because I don't have any followers. I eventually want to go and contact all the followers of Habitabad and yeah. maybe get them to follow Habitabat, but. Um, um, Facebook, I guess you could contact yeah. me at Facebook and Garrett. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Um, but as far as the Facebook, as far as the website itself, I don't really have contacts, but I, I'm, I'm on the face, I'm on the Facebook fan page and, um, there was a time that I wasn't, but I'm, I'm back and hopefully I'm, I'll be there to stay and, um, people can probably get in touch with me through the Facebook fan site, um, Probably easiest, yeah. You already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry! At last, the crystal calls. It is time. Time to return to the castle. The crystal calls! To the crystal Well, that's all the time I have for this month's Trial by Stone. Special thanks to Bland for being this month's guest. If you want to contact the show, you can get to us via email at trialbystonepodcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash trialbystonepodcast or on Twitter at trialbystonepod. If you enjoyed the show, and if you think that others would like it too, then we'd like for you to write a review on iTunes and spread the word about the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the show and come back next month for more Trial by Stone.